Exodus chapter 24, and just for the sake of time, uh, read with me in verse 7. The Bible says, then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. This right here sounds like just a very simple scripture, but it is really the key to the miracles of heaven. Now, you need to listen to what I'm saying. In Judaism, and of course you and I are Judeo-Christians grafted in, this scripture right here is the key to understanding and receiving the miracles of God that are already yours released from heaven. The rabbis teach us that the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, were not the first ones that God came to. God came to four or five different tribes of people and said, if I give you my Torah and you receive it, I will make you priests unto God. They came to the first group and they said, well, what's in it? And he said, well, one of the things is you can't murder. They said, no, that's part of our lives. Came to another group. What's in it? Well, you can't steal. They said, no, that's part of our lives, and and so on and so forth. Then he finally got down to the Hebrew people, and he said to them, he said, if you will receive my word, I will make you high priest unto God. He said, now let me give you history real quick. Israel had been released from Egypt. They've been in slavery, they've been in bondage, they've been being beat up by the world for 400 years. 400 years of slavery is eliminated, God parts the Red Sea, they go across the Red Sea, God brings water out of a rock, God brings manna from heaven, and so God says to Moses and Moses to the people, I want to give you my word, I want to give you my Bible. If you'll receive it, then you will be high priests unto God. And they immediately said, we'll receive it. Now, that's that's a good story in itself, but you need to understand how that happened. They said, you know what, God? You delivered us from Egypt. You delivered us from slavery. We saw you part the Red Sea. Our enemy was destroyed. You're a good God. Whatever you want to tell us, we'll do it. God came to them and said, will you receive my word? If you receive my word, I'll make you high priest unto God. They go, we'll do it. Then God came and gave them the word. And the word that God gave them made absolutely no sense. They didn't understand a thing that God was saying. I want you to eat this and not eat this. I want you to pray this way and not that way. I want you to do this and not that. They didn't understand anything. But because they remember God delivering them from slavery... They said, we know that you are a good God. Now, here's the key to all of God's miracles. Listen to me carefully. This scripture gives the key. It's the foundation scripture of all of knowing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says, if you do what I tell you to do, I will make you a high priest. And they said, we will do and then we will understand. Here's what most Christians do. God, you show me, then I'll believe. God says, no, you believe, and then I'll show you. 
Now let me say it again. You will never understand tithing until you tithe. You will never understand prayer until you pray. You will never understand love your enemy until you love your enemy. And here's the difference between them and most people. They said, God, we will do and then we will understand. This is the key. You've got to understand what God tells us to do most of the time doesn't make any sense in the natural. What's the first miracle Jesus did? Turn water into wine. This miracle, you know, if I was looking to convince people I was God, you know what I'd probably do for my first miracle? Raise the dead. Heal blind eyes. uh, Deliver someone from leprosy. The first miracle that Jesus did to show that he was the son of God is kept the party going. It was a sign that God is not this judging God or this religious God or this untouchable God or this uncaring God. But God cares about the little things in your life because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes, God cares about heaven. Yes, God cares about eternity. But he also said, I've come to give you life and that life more abundant. Let's keep the party going. Oh, I know that makes religious people real upset. Man, when I first got saved, oh, you got to suffer for Jesus. I was literally preaching it about suffering for Jesus. I was in the pulpit preaching on paying the price. How many have ever heard that? I'm so sick of hearing preachers preach on paying the price. I was in the middle of saying it, and all of a sudden I had a vision of Jesus on the cross, and he opened his eyes and looked at me and said, you don't have to pay the price, it's finished. The price has already been paid. Can I have an amen? But here's the key. Here's the key to keeping the party going. Here's the key to coming to the party. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. I will do it, and then I will understand. Now watch this. My people destroyed for what reason? Lack of understanding. The understanding doesn't come first. That's why Jesus said in what? Matthew 18, lest you come as a little child, you'll by no means enter in the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about eternity. He's talking about thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth earth in our lives, we're not supposed to be in debt. On earth in our lives, we're not supposed to be sick. On earth in our life, we're not supposed to have to go to marriage counseling. On earth in our life, we're not to have our, pray our kids out of drugs. On earth, we're to be the lender, not the borrower. On earth, we're to be healthy, not sick. On earth, our children are not going to do drugs. They're going to be prophets and prophetess for the kingdom of God. Somebody shout amen. On earth, whatever he tells you to do, do it. In Judaism... And we are grafted in. Can I have an amen? We're adopted. The key, this is the key to miracles. This is it. I will do, then I will understand. God comes and says, my ways are not your ways. 
My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are way above yours. So we come to the Lord and we go, Lord, I need more money. God says, you want more money? Yeah, good. I got a plan. What? Give it away. We're, we're, we're like the guy who fell off a cliff and he's falling a thousand foot cliff and he, he grabs onto a branch. He's just holding there. And he said, God, are you there? And God goes, I'm here, my son. Tell me what to do. Let go. Is there anyone else up there? <laughs> this is the key. God came to four, five, six other tribes. And they said, what's in it? Israel didn't say what's in it. They said, we'll do it. And then God told them what was in it. They didn't understand a word. They didn't understand anything. But they said, it doesn't matter. We know God is a good God. We will do it. And then, everybody shout then. Then. Say it real loud. Then. Then we will understand. The enemy in Jericho is huge. Outnumbers Israel, outmanned, outgunned, outstrength. They said, Lord, we need a miracle. God said, I got one for you. What do you want? What are you going to do, Lord? I'm going to destroy your enemy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are you going to send lightning, Lord? Ha, lightning? No, that's not what I'm going to do. Oh, oh Lord, are you going to send wind? No. Ha, what are you going to do? I'm going to send you. Yes, Lord. You're going to send us with angels. No, I'm going to send you with trumpets. Wait, tr- trumpets, Lord. <laughs> and the trumpets will be so big that we'll crush them. No, you're going to blow them. <laughs> We're going to blow them trumpets, Lord. The blast will be so loud, it'll definitely... No, you're just going to walk around the wall seven times. And blow the trumpet seven times. And follow seven priests. And keep your mouth shut while you're doing it. Because I know what you're going to do. And this don't make no sense, man. I can, can you believe... Look at them up there. Look, We look like idiots down there. I ain't going to that church no more. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And then you'll understand. Now, think about the first miracle Jesus did was kept the party going. Right? Mary said, whatever he tells you, I have no idea what he's going to say, but it's not going to make any sense. Jesus said, go get me the water pots used for the purifying of the Jews. Now, I'm sure if Mary hadn't said whatever he tells you to do, do it, they'd have said, yeah, I'm going to get the, I'm gonna, why not go get the old wineskins? Them old wineskins already been used. Them pots, they've been washing hands in them pots. But Jesus knew he couldn't put a new miracle in an old wineskin because his miracle is alive and new and fresh and moving and fermenting. And he said, don't, whatever he tells you to do, don't think about it, just do it. Somebody shout amen. amen. According to the teachings of the Talmud and the Mishnah, the ancient teachings, there are 10 levels of knowing God. The rabbis teach that you can know what level the person is in by two things how they treat other people, and the obedience to the Word of God. That's how you can tell. 
But the first level, the first level is just doing it. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just do it. The next level is after you do whatever he tells you to do, then you begin to understand. Once you get past the understanding, it begins to move you in the last, late, last eight levels of divine revelation. We will not, this is, this is what's going to happen in these last days. There will be an outpouring of God's spirit. There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. There's going to be prophets and prophetesses that are going to begin to rise up. It starts with doing, moves into understanding, and from understanding we begin to move into divine revelation where, now listen to what I'm saying, where God begins to share with us the things that the angels hear around the throne of God. Angels begin to minister to our lives as never before. The rabbis teach us, the ancient teachings show us that if we'll do and then we understand at that moment, 600,000 angels are released to begin to minister to different areas of your life. Now listen to what I'm saying to you. When we, go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. When we hear that, immediately we have this thinking of pictures that we have seen with angels. And I love the picture of the babies, the children crossing the rickety bridge. And there's a half invisible angel with wings and and blonde hair and it's holding the babies up and I believe in that and and we're going to talk about some of that stuff but we think as Christians we think more about demons than we do angels well the devil's doing that that's a demonic attack and we talk about this what you need to realize is yes there are fallen angels but only one-third of the angels in heaven fell Two-thirds are there waiting to become ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation through Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Look at verse 9. And to make all the people see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the ages has been hidden. Now look at this. The mysteries of the ages that has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now, somebody say now, now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. All right, real quick, look at what I'm saying here. He said, now... We are about to have the mysteries that have been hidden in God. Not been hidden by God, but have been hidden in God that is about to be released in the church. And he talks about the mystery of principalities and powers in heavenly places. Every Christian knows this teaching. We battle not with flesh and blood, but we battle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. 
And now God is saying, you all know that you're battling with principalities and powers. But now I'm about to show you in this end time the mysteries that have been hidden in God for the church. Yes, you battle with principalities and powers in dark places. But there are principalities and powers in heavenly places that are there. And the angels of God outnumber the angels of Satan. And they're ready now to be released into your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Colossians 1.16, write down Colossians 2.10. They all talk about principalities and powers in heavenly places. But go with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Whenever we think of angels, we think of, we think of these blonde-haired, blue-eyed pale skin. You know what? I believe there are black angels. I believe there are brown angels. I believe there are Asian looking angels. When Jesus was walking to Calvary and he fell under the weight of the cross and he would not, was not able to get to Calvary by himself. It was a black man. Oh, some of you looking at me like you don't speak English either. It was a black man. What was his name? Simon. It was a black man partnering with a Jewish white man, brown man, that got to Calvary so all men could have heaven. So if a black man and a brown man are partnering together, don't you know that there are white angels and black angels and brown? Now I'm going to prove it to you here in a minute, so you might as well say amen. You might as well agree with me. I'm going to prove it to you. See, we got to get out of this religious stinking thinking. Angels, according to the Bible, come to fight, come to war, come to protect come to heal, come to provide. Every church will preach sermons. We battle not with principalities. That's right. We battle, excuse me, we battle not with flesh and blood. We battle with demons. But two-thirds of the angels stayed in the army of God. There are more of us than there are of them. If we're going to battle with principalities... Why don't we use principalities? 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. There's a war going on. And he took counsel with his servants saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to king of Israel saying, Beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down here. Now let me look. Let me show you the thing about angels. God sends a prophet and says, Don't even go over there. That's where the ambush is going to take place. Come on over here. We're getting ready not to defeat our enemy, but not even get close to him anymore. I know we are more than conquerors, but let's take our time 
Let's, let's use our energy and faith to win the world and change the world, not defeat the enemy. God said, I will send prophets to teach you that says, here's the enemy. Don't even do business with this guy. Don't even date this guy. Don't even go out with this gal. Don't drive down that street. Don't go into that building. Don't go through that airport. Rather than praying six months for your business to get back on its feet, You're not even going to sell to that guy. You're not even going to partner with that guy. Instead of praying that God will heal your marriage, you're not even going to date that guy. You're going to go date the right guy. You don't have to go through the valley. Let's stay on the mountaintop. This is prophetic. This is prophetic. Verse 10. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. We're moving in the end time season, not once or twice victory. We're going to be ahead of the enemy from this day on in every area of our lives. I seal it right now in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. Verse 11. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. Now, what's he saying? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have the children of God come over here and we'll ambush them. Here's the ambush, and so you and I are walking along. That's going to ambush our finances, going to ambush our marriage, going to ambush our children, going to ambush our health. And all of a sudden, we get felt by the Holy Ghost, and instead of going over there, we walk right into the blessing of God. We walk right into the favor of God. We walk right into the prosperity of God. No, no battle, no struggle. We avoid the battle and walk right. This is the acceleration of God's outpouring. The king of Syria calls his leaders and said, we got a spy in the camp. We got a spy in the camp. Who's for the king of Israel? And they said, none, Lord. It's not that somebody's snitching on you, but the people of God have a prophet that's amongst them and he tells them where you're going to ambush them he says even the things you speak while you're asleep in your bed the 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 children of god know every trick you're going to bring i'm tired of fighting you know what when i was younger i used to like a good fight Now I don't like to fight. I just like to win. Verse 13. So he said, go and see where this prophet is, that I may send to get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he's in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Now watch this. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? Now look what happens. 
The devil finds out that you're getting prophetic guidance so he can't ambush you anymore. So he wants to go and kill the prophet. So he sends, he sends a whole army after one guy. Now you can, oh man, I feel the Holy Ghost. You got to understand what the Holy Ghost is saying here. The devil so much does not want you to hear the voice of God because you're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory to victory to victory. No more, no more of the prince of Persia holding back your blessing. Somebody shout no more. No more the angels of darkness holding back your victory. No more the prince of poverty holding back your financial breakthrough. No more drugs holding back your children and your grandchildren. No more Egypt holding back your victory in your home, your marriage, your finance. No more. The devil so does not want this to happen. That he sends an army after one guy. An army. So here they are in the morning. The prophet's trying to disciple the people. His disciple gets up. He gets up and there are hundreds of chariots. Thousands of soldiers surrounding them. I mean they're all around them. And he says, Master... What are we going to do? What does the prophet say? Don't worry. There are more of us than there are of them. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now I want you to picture this. This poor guy gets up. I mean, these guys are there to steal his money, destroy his marriage, tear down his business, stop his blessing, bring sickness on him, bring divorce on him, bring addictions on him. I mean, the enemy has him surrounded. Verse 16, and he answered, do not fear. Listen, every time God is about to show you greater is he than anything you're facing, He said, don't be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of logic. God has not given you a spirit of reason. you got to cast down imagination. If God said there are more of us than there are of them, then there are more of us than there are of them. It doesn't matter what your natural eye sees. Lord, bless them because they have eyes to see and ears to hear. God said, do not be afraid. Somebody shout, I'm not going under. I'm going over. Look what he says, verse 16. He answered and said, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses full of chariots of fire all around Elisha. Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes. 
And the mountains were full of chariots. And the mountains were full of horses. And the mountains were full of angels on fire. I'm telling you something. The angels that God has for us are not little sissy boys with blonde hair and blue eyes and little sissy wings. They are warriors of God. They're greater than Goliath. They're greater than cancer. They're greater because of the blood of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout amen. There are more. If God, listen, if God were to open our eyes right now, it would freak us out what we would see. It would freak us out. I was reading this, this story, and the mis- this missionary was in Africa. He was a doctor. This is just not, not too long ago. And he's going from village to village. He's got a bike, it's full of medicine. And about six months after he went through this village, these guys got saved. And they said, Doc, we were going to kill you six months ago. Myself and five of my friends saw you on your bicycle. We knew you had medicine that was worth a lot on the black market. We knew you were American. You had money. And he said, we followed you into the jungle. And as you were sleeping, we were creeping in and we we're going to kill you. And he said, I so thank God we didn't do it. And the doctor said, well, I thank God you didn't do it too. But why didn't you? And he said it was because of the 26 huge armed men that were standing around you while you were sleeping. Now he was sharing this in a church in Michigan. And when he said, when he said there were 26 armed men, this man in the church who knew the doctor said, Doc, what day was that? He gave him the exact day. This man in the church said, that morning I had a 9.30 tea time. I was going golfing. He said, I was on my way to golf. And God spoke to me in my spirit that you were in danger. So I called my men's prayer group. And he said, we met at the church. And for eight hours, we prayed and covered you with the blood of Jesus. Now watch this. And the man said, how many of you men were at that prayer meeting? And amongst the church, one man stood up. Then five men and seven men. Twenty-six men stood and 26 armed angels surrounded them. Don't tell me the devil is so tough for greater is he that's in us than anything that can come against us. Somebody shout amen. This other missionary we were sharing he said he said this man was a head a chief of a headhunter tribe and he said about 10 years after that man went to this island this headhunter chief got saved And he said, you know, there was a day that we were going to kill you and your wife. And he said, I saw you coming with your whole tribe. And he said, then all of a sudden you stop. He said, why didn't you come in and kill us that day? He said, there were so many more of you than there were of us. He said, what are you talking about? He said, the soldiers you had, 10 foot tall with swords of fire. Hundreds and hundreds of them. And the missionary said, there was nobody there but me and my wife. And he said, no, every one of us saw them. Hundreds and hundreds of nine and ten foot men with swords of fire. We're not serving some sissy God. We're not serving some, some weak God. We're serving a God and God's got an army. They are principalities. They 
They are powers. They are rulers in high places. Greater is he that's come to protect us than anything the devil can throw your way. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. There's a scripture I'm going to read you that says how we treat children. And Jesus says, be careful how you treat them because their angels stand before the face of our God right now. Now we read that and we don't, you know, that sounds really good that our children's angels are standing before the face of our God, our heavenly father right now. But you got to understand where this comes from. In Judaism, the Talmud teaches before you were ever born, God had a meeting with your angels. Before you were ever born, the father met with your angels and they began to plan how to bring you into your destiny. They began to plan how to defeat your enemy. They began to plan how to destroy the force of darkness. They began to plan that when the Syrian army had an ambush for you, how they were going to come and guide you around that problem and right into your promise. That God met with your angels and God said, in these last days, I am going to reveal to you the mysteries that up and until now have been hidden in God. I'm here to tell you, God's got an army. We're a part of it, but there is an angelic army that is getting ready to be released. God's angels in your life are in the starting blocks right now. They're waiting for you to say, go lead me to the right people. Bring me my miracle. Connect me to what Jesus paid for. If you're ready for the angels of God to be released, Give him a great clap offering of praise. Come on, take a moment and give him praise. Angels are not little fairy tales. Angels are not something that we tell kids back there so they don't believe in Smurfs on Saturday morning. Angels, our Bible says, are ministering spirits. Angels are ministering spirits that are ready to be released into the hands of the heirs of salvation. Can you imagine what your life was going to be like when you don't have to fight those battles anymore because your angels finally are being released? to walk you into the destiny that they met with the Father with before you were ever born. Somebody say amen. Amen. I will do, and then I will understand, and then I'm going to move into divine wisdom. That's why Jacob's ladder had angels ascending and descending, because in these last days, they're going to give us the wisdom of the throne room of God. But pastor, we don't need angels. We have Jesus. Jesus had Jesus. And he said, I could snap my fingers and 10,000 angels would come and minister unto me. If Jesus could use angels, you and I are ready to use angels. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, watch how you treat strangers. Because you might be entertaining 
angels unaware. Take heed, lest when you entertain strangers, black strangers, brown strangers, Asian strangers, Jewish strangers, white strangers, lest when you entertain strangers, you're entertaining angels and you didn't even know it. Somebody say amen. Are you getting this thing? You don't know. You don't know who God is going to bring your way this week to connect you with your divine connection, to connect you with your divine destiny. They may be male, they may be female, they may be white, they may be black, they may be brown, they may be young, they may be old. But one thing we know, our enemy's going down and he's staying down. We're about to be in the victory of God. Somebody shout amen. Give the Lord a clap offering one more time. Amen.